everybody, and welcome to another recording of Convancing Coffee Break with me, Mandy Brown, and Richard Snape. Hello. Today, we're going to be talking about the case of Collins and Howe and the decision by the Upper Tribunal on Section 84 of the 1925 Law of Property Acts and whether restricted covenants can be modified or discharged. Richard, can you tell us a bit about both the background law and the facts of this case, please? Yeah, Section 84 seems to be much discussed and much litigated at the moment. We actually did a a news flash, a coffee break on another case uh, not so long ago. And this is one of many, but it's uh, it's a bit more unusual than some. I'll just remind you of Section 84. Section 84 allows you to go to the tribunal system. This was actually not the tribunal case. Uh, Judgment was in March, but Easter's been in the way before we got to recording this. And they are the only property right that you can go after the tribunals to have them discharged on various grounds. For instance, one of them's obsolete, but the two grounds um, that they were trying to argue in this particular case were the most uh, well-used of all, Section 84 aa uh, where the restriction impedes reasonable use of the land and doesn't secure to the persons entitled to the benefit any practical benefits of substantial value or its country to public interest and those circumstances. And so there might be a modification of a covenant or discharge. It's basically there to stop sort of people just tying up land that can't be, you know, long term have anything done with it and building and likes. Uh, the other one they were trying to argue is uh, Section 84 c which is... Uh, uh, where the modification or discharge of the covenant won't injure anybody. They did actually drop that uh, you know, in the tribunal, that particular argument. I can well understand why. So it was really, really whether the restriction reasonably impedes uh, use of the land. If the covenants are discharged or modified, modified then they, uh, or the tribunal can award compensation. It's not an exact science. There's lots of cases on it, but the compensation is usually based on the reduced value of your land, which is much discussed in this case. You might think on occasion for this kind of property, a better alternative might just be the dreaded overage where you get compensation based on the increased value of the neighbouring land. Uh, shall I tell you about the, the sort of background facts? Set the scene. I think that would be useful. Right. All took place in South Devon, near Totnes, a place called North Huish in um, what's in South Hams District Council. And it's agricultural land. You know, it's a farmhouse, which was really being used as a farm. The Howells, Mr. and Mrs. Howell, had um, purchased this uh, farmhouse and about, uh, I think it was 16 acres of land back in 2003. And... Uh, the seller had retained nine acres of neighbouring land. You know, the sort of farm was split into two. They didn't need all this land. They didn't. You know, they just wanted a lot of. You know, so, well, sixteen acres is a very, very big garden plus uh, you know farmhouse, and there were various other sort of outbuildings, one of which was being used as a, an office. When they bought the land, they agreed with the sellers uh, a restrictive covenant that uh, the neighbouring nine acres of land. In the court New Park stables would be only used for grazing sheep and horses, and they would allow a stable to be built. A five horse stable was built, but you know, on the further end, as far away as possible from from the, the farmhouse that they were purchasing. And uh, the farmhouse was called Higher Norris Farm. If you're interested, what then happened is the stables were built in 2019 and early 2019. The Collinses, Mr. and Mrs. Collins, by this. Uh, 
sort of the land with the stables, this nine acres of land that should be used for grazing. There's some evidence it seems that it had been used as uh, you know, for sort of training horses and, and the likes already. And there was probably a breach of the covenants already. But they got planning permission from South Ham's District Council in early 2020 to build on this particular piece of land subject to the covenants a, I'll get this right, a manege. Not a manege. I have actually no idea. Apparently, it's, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but somebody can write in if I'm not. It is uh, sort of, uh, I can't where you train horses, like a riding sort of school kind of thing. Well, this is not a big sophisticated thing. You know, kind of, there's a few horse jumps. The daughter of the Collinses was uh, into dressage, but... Uh, They've got planning permission. The planning permission, because it was an area of outstanding natural beauty, was subject to uh, having to um, well, sort of plant you know, sort of uh, uh, various uh, you know, sort of things in this particular piece of land and do landscaping. Also, there was a planning condition that unless the council agreed to your landscaping plans, then couldn't commence the development that was a pre-commencement planning condition but anyway they got the planning permission and the neighbors the colin the sub and the neighbors the howells object to this and uh, so the Collinses go to the tribunal under section 84 as they primarily arguing that this uh, prevents reasonable use of the land it doesn't secure any practical benefits and the likes and we've got planning permission one of the factors you take into account is things like planning permission uh, you know and sort of what does the development plan say and the likes and you know, what's been happening in the past in terms of granting planning permission for their menage, not manage, not manage, manage. And eventually there's a lot, like a lot of these things, a lot of it tends to be sort of experts discussing things left, right and centre. It was, uh, well, there was a couple of values employed, one on either side, who um, valued the property at about uh, 1,200,000 to 1,250,000. One of the experts decided that the reduction in value, if you allowed this menage to obscure your view and the likes, would be about 1% to 3%, and the other one, 7 to 10%, which is a heck of a difference. But uh, at the end of the day, the tribunal decided in favour of the Howells that uh, the covenant shouldn't be discharged. Would you like to know why? I would love to know why. It seems that the, the value, the reduction in value, was just a small part of it, you know, because those kind of things tend to be transient and depend on the market at the time. This place apparently was ideal, you know, well sought after. It's got nice views and the likes. It's uh, got a lot of land. It allowed privacy and you know, no noise and the likes, you know, so there was not much in the way of artificial lighting to be seen. And it had super fast broadband and a, an office as well, an outbuilding office. And... Uh, the fact that you, when you purchased this land back in 2003, sort of wanted this restrictive covenant against anything other than grazing and uh, uses arable land as well, seems to suggest that this mattered a lot to you and it couldn't be compensated in money terms. So I think the message is that planning permission may be a factor in deciding whether to discharge covenants, but uh, you can ignore it in the circumstances as here. You're entitled to your privacy, lack of neighbours. It's always a good idea not to have neighbours. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are the implications? Well, I think it's, um, again, like a lot of these things, it depends on its facts and most of the decision tends to be sort of 
listening to experts and the likes. But uh, it becomes increasingly important as time goes on. I mean, planning permission is not the be-all and end-all, whether you can uh, build or not. And I suppose as well in England, if not Wales, over the last couple of years, they've been relaxing quite dramatically things like permitted development rights and use classes and the likes where you don't actually need planning permission, just prior approval from the council. You know, they have to act negatively. So increasingly in the future, I suspect the, the way you'll stop development already the case is, is by use of restrictive confidence and we're going to have huge numbers of section 84 tribunal decisions in the next year or two i suspect that's it and not break <laughs> thank you very much richard that was uh, very interesting and uh, be very interesting to see what happens going forward mm-hmm. until we meet again next time mm-hmm. well, thank you very much You have been listening to another episode of Conveyancing Coffee Break, the only podcast for busy conveyancing professionals, brought to you by Lawshore Insurance, the UK's leading provider of title insurance. For more information on our free conferences, go to www.lawshoreinsurance.co.uk, where you can download recent conference recordings.